Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where we share stories and tips to help you run a better farming business and create your very own freedom farm. If you're looking to work smarter and not harder in your farm business, welcome, you're in the right place. G'day everyone and welcome again to Profitable Farmer. We're approaching, we're in the thick of the silly season already, the uh, fat red man's approaching and um, for most of us there's still a heck of a lot to do this season Um, and many of us will be wrestling, shearing and harvest and a whole lot of other things well into the new or well post Christmas. So thinking of you all as we um, get our heads around this season, as I spoke about last podcast, with Brett Stevenson. This one's really quite unique. Um, I'm really excited about this um, podcast. It's one of the, my favourite things to do is to check in with our Platinum Mastermind members at FOA and just reflect on the year um, and to ask them to share some of the improvements that they're making in their businesses and in their lives and across their farms and families. So it's with that in mind that I'm going to introduce four incredible families to you today. Just to make all introductions up front, Michael and Simone Hughes from Rowalak in Morago, New South Wales, joined our program in February 23. Um, Michael and Simone have fodder and cereal production and prime beef and lambs um, and run a a really successful business at Morago in New South Wales. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Ash. Um, James and Kylie Armstrong from Castellus in New South Wales um, at Castellus Park. They've got a successful merino stud with trading sheep and cattle and seed oats. Um, James and Kylie joined our program in June 21 um, and, again, run a really efficient multi-generational business at Castellus. So welcome, James. Great to have you. Thanks for having me, Hutch. Over to WA, we've got Luke and Betty Lou Hayden from Bindana Farms at Morawa in WA. Um, Luke and Betty Lou joined our program in October 2020. And um, I think it's fair to say they're highly effective large-scale grain and domestic hay producers and Angus beef producers from WA. So, Luke, great to have you with us as well. Yeah, good day, Hutch. Good to see you, mate. And finally, and coming back to South Australia, Luke and Danielle Wheezy from Wampany Farms, Mandala, South Australia. Um, Luke and Danielle joined our program in March 21 and um, run a, a wool and dryland cropping operation. And I think too, Luke, with some trading of sheep on irrigation country. Is that right? Uh, yeah, and a bit of, yeah, yep, a bit of small seeds as well. Yep. Yeah. Great, thank you. So I hope I've got those introductions right. Um, really appreciate all of your time, guys. It's such a, a busy time of year. Michael and Simone, perhaps to kick off first, um, how do you reflect on your last 12 months and perhaps your broader journey with FOA? Michael, could I ask you to speak to that first? It's a Yeah, it's a, it's a really good chance for us to reflect being asked to speak with you, Hutch, and thinking about our journey through FOA. But, um, it's really opened our eyes to the good parts of our business and the bits that probably aren't as successful. Um, the network that we've built within FOA is quite remarkable um, to see everyone else doing their thing, the specialities, what people's passions are. Um, probably the one key thing for us with FOA in the last 12 months is the development of systems for our farm. So handing over... Uh, capacity to our staff, empowering people. And that's probably been the biggest thing for us in the last 12 months. Thanks, Michael. I think from memory, when you started, you had two or three full-time employees plus yourselves. How has your team changed? And perhaps, you know, just to touch on some of the structures and systems that you've, you know, put a lot, I know you put a lot of time into this around your business um, to support them and to build out the team and the culture. I think when we first uh found FOA and we did the, what was the first group that we did in Adelaide, the top producers, it was just Simone and I. I think we had one casual. So 
got four full time now. Um, so that's changed significantly in the last three years. Um, but also understanding, how, like it's a big thing. You know, FOA really focused on picking out the jobs that Simone and I should be doing. Sort of, you know, those those two hundred hour, two hundred dollar an hour jobs, and then handing over. Um, a lot of the the work on the farm, but the big thing for us was how to manage those people and understanding what it means to hand over those chores and those roles, and that's been a massive learning curve for me. Just to um, like I, I think it sounds simple, employ someone and get them to do some of the work so you can focus on the big stuff. But understanding how to manage someone, having them in place, um, understanding the intricacies of giving instruction, like a clear instruction. Um, what might seem quite simple to me can be quite complex to someone else because I've done it a thousand times and I've developed how I do it and you've got to be open to the fact that maybe someone new will do something slightly differently. So it's managing all those sort of components has been a big learning curve for us. Simone, how do you describe where you were and and where you are arriving to now? Um, Well, I think we initially... I reached out to FOA and said to Michael, we've really got to do this because we were sort of just, um, you know, paddling away underneath, trying to work out direction, um, trying to work out what we really did want to do and get some clarity. Um, We probably didn't realise that was what we needed. Um, So the journey's been a massive learning for me probably both of us really to to work on ourselves and to work on our our vision and to work on what we want to see as our life and our reality around the farm and and personally as well and I think that for me is the big thing um and also that this journey does take some time like we are slowly implementing things and and working through bits and pieces but our journey is going to continue because we keep morphing into a little bit better than yesterday. So, um, yeah, we're hopefully, well, we are about to go into alumni, this being our last last year. And, um, yeah, I think just understanding that it's there's, you're continually improving and, um, and to be okay with that because everything's not perfect right now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I think you're right. It does take time to build out a business that, you know, is under management and and gives you that freedom that we're all searching for. Um, having that business that works for us, so that you know we can have choice and and freedom. How how much more freedom, Michael? Do you feel that you have as a family now compared to three years ago? Yeah, got a reasonable amount of confidence now that if um I need to do something off farm, disappear for a day, a couple of days, probably even a week at the moment, I'm. I'm quite comfortable with the idea that my staff will just continue to run. There's still a few intimate parts to our business that we haven't handed over, which I'd like to think we might be able to do in the next 12 or 18 months, like some maybe some key financial things, purchasing a livestock, um, maybe some back-end selling, that sort of stuff. But that'll come with time. Um, the other thing I suppose I'm feeling really comfortable about is, is probably where our succession sits with our children and thinking that we'll ultimately have a business where our kids can remain connected to the farm, whether it be passive or actively. Um, that was sort of one of my key goals is I'm not insistent the kids come back and work on the farm, but I want them to remain connected to business. And it doesn't mean that they have to work in it to remain connected. So on that, Michael, you've got three children, I think. Um, Duncan, Samantha and Wallace, I think. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Well done. Yep. And are they, I think, is your oldest sort of 16 or 17? So Duncan's 19. He's just 19 now. Wow. Yep. Macaroing in the territory, and he's back home full time at the moment, and probably heads off to uni next year. And our daughter, second one, got her HSC results back today, so she's wow. finished school. Um, yeah. And yeah, in the process of debating whether she has four months off or goes straight into uni. Yeah. So on that on that topic of succession, what have you done to to make that clear for everyone and and to set that up so early? In their journey? I think it's more about being clear in our head, ours being Simone and mine, what we want um, and how we can then hand it over. So it's probably quite an informal structure. It's just a, at a conversation level um, and it's something that we sort of hope to formalise now in the next year or two. But I think the kids have a fairly clear picture of how our business looks, what potential it has, where they might choose to take it, 
where they might fit in if they choose to or how they can remain connected with a passive connection or a passive activity in the farm. That's probably the key thing for me is knowing that there's no pressure to work on it, but I want you to remain, like it's going to be a part of our family for a long time. You guys have been such great participants over the last three years and you've, you've lent in, you've attended everything. Um, you know, you're so committed to learning and growing. Simone, how do you see it that you and Michael have grown personally and in your leadership role in the business? Um, I think we've both, um, or well, for myself, I've definitely done a lot of work on um, on myself and, and you know, just a lot around uh, confidence and I think I was always viewed as someone that was fairly confident, but, you know, you just just to, to really get a bit of a solid foundation for yourself first. And that came to the forefront from the start to work on myself. Um, and, and I think what it does is it's given me a little bit more patience um, around some of the time it does take for your business to change and, and to grow. Um, you know, and working as a husband-wife team in what is often a... Um, what we would have viewed as a pressure cooker, you know, is you've got to be, um, yeah, you've got to be really mindful of how you how you conduct yourself and be able to separate a bit of, you know, business and and um, and family, um, which I think we've got quite good at. But um, yeah, and probably then, you know, also does help us have that little bit of distance but not too much distance from employees as well. It's very, like Michael said before, it's a real work in progress for us with um, with the team. Um, we're sort of up to that stage of really looking at the things like accountability and, you know, that's out of the last deep dive was just such a wonderful, um, wonderful couple of days in the room. And, you know, these are all the learnings we've had that we now sort of really start to prioritise and, and hit into our journey forward. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. James, perhaps coming to you, if I could, how do you reflect on your journey so far and perhaps where were you and how do you describe where Castleus Park and your business is arriving to now? Yeah, thanks, Hutch. Um, it's, it's a little bit hard to, to, to pinpoint where we were, um, I think, a year and a half ago, but in general, um, a lot of similarities to Michael and Simone. Um, we're just a bit further behind in, in our progression, I'd say. Um, we knew we had to improve things, systems and, um, you know, business structures and things. We we're coming out of succession, which was a good succession plan. And Kylie and I had just taken over the business, so we thought it was perfect timing to implement, you know, uh, the way we wanted to to sort of create a business for the future. Um, so we physically, we've, we've, we've probably hasn't changed a lot up in that time, but mindset, clarity, all the stuff we never really gave ourselves permission to sort of think about and sit down and try and get some clarity. So we, we really believe we've, we've come a long way in that. Um, then that hopefully will become the foundation to when we start improving our systems and and the actual, you know, the workings of the business, the action we're going to take. Um, we probably rushed in and tried to do a bit too much stuff without having that stuff really, um, well, it, it evolved as we were thinking about it and it's still doing that, but we probably did a bit of a circle <laughs> um, and we've come back to the basics and, yeah, we're really confident now that we can start ramping it up um, with a solid base. So. Um, yeah, that that was. I was just trying to reflect on where we're at. We knew we weren't in denial that there was lots of things we could improve, but we'd probably just a little bit lost of where to start, and that's why we just get so much value out of this having the accountability. But like Michael said, the network of like-minded farmers and the coaches. So just got to yeah, keep keep utilizing and and um, being accountable and doing what we say we want to do. So. I think that's where we're at at the moment. That's great, James. You mentioned clarity. What have you done practically to become clearer as a leadership team around where you are and where you want to go? Um, I think initially we 
we we got off farm and sat down and with the two of us, Kylie and I, and um, yeah, had a bit of a session as much as we could, you know, commit to and and be productive um, without kids, which was good. Um, so that that really set set the ball in motion. Um, and we didn't we hadn't had the focus on the the cap like the clarity action plan at that stage. And I think with the the emphasis on that now with our coaching and stuff it's it's really um it's helped us in that quest so incorporating that into the cap and and focusing more on that has actually simplified it for us so yeah it's by no means um perfect but we feel that you know there's something there that we can really look back on and you know use to improve so yeah i, I think the clarity that we've we we probably just had to allow ourselves some time and clear mind to start thinking about it, and because we've got a an old, relatively old business that sort of chugged along, but really we we're just doing what we always used to do and tweaking it. But yeah, to sit back and work out what we want to do and where we want to head it's takes take taken us a while to get to that point. So few of us, James, get away from our business and away from you know the busyness of family and allocate time for that really high-quality strategic planning. You know, we talk about having two days once a year for that and then having at least a day or a day a quarter, ideally, to lock in your next quarterly plan. And in the doing of that, we come up with that clarity action plan that has a really clear vision, a really clear core focus, a big, hairy, audacious goal that everyone's enrolled in, 10-year goals, three-year goals, one-year goals, and then a quarter-by-quarter roadmap for business improvement. How disciplined have you and Kylie been, James, around the quarterly planning rhythm since you had that time away? Um, I'd say there's a lot of room for improvement, truthfully, there. We, we've found it a little bit difficult enrolling the whole team when we've got generations, different generations, and also employees of different ages. So some love the digital side, some would like paperwork. So it's just up to me to or up to us to to find a, a way that we can all be invested into that. So we're still working on that. Um I think Kylie and I really, you know, feel comfortable where we're at with it. But it's just trying to get it, get it sort of um yeah, get get it really clear and then we can um try and move that out to the wider team. Not that we have a big team, but just the four or five of us that um you know, need to really, um, you know, be focused in the one direction. Yeah. And and we've found it great for trying to, um, when we're looking for potential employees to have that, yeah, we've never really employed people having that bigger picture, um, yeah, to, to sort of fall back on. So it's been really good and we're just going through the process now. So, yeah, it highlights how important it is. I think you nail it there, James. It's so important that we get that discipline happening for us as the leadership team first. And then once we're really comfortable with it, then start engaging other key team members. Um, if we try and get everyone involved in that from the get-go, it can be it can slow down the process, can't it? And and make it more more challenging to lock in as a discipline in our business. Yeah, we've found that. And it was mostly uh, on our shoulders that we it clarified that we didn't really have a really clear we we we'd done the work but you know deep down it it still wasn't just just that thing that was um really embedded in our mind so it just was still needed some time and just to evolve the other thing you mentioned James is mindset and working on that that's um a bit of a new concept for a lot of our listeners perhaps what what do you mean by that and what have you done to work on your mindset as an entrepreneur and as a leader? Um, off the top of my head, the mindset is basically how to um, probably the goals we're setting were, were, were way too um, sort of low level. Yeah, just to see the potential that's there and have a mindset that you don't necessarily have to do all the work yourself. Um, that's a big one for us to to try and yeah um improve and and not have to just put more more of a burden on ourselves so 
the mindset's been around, you know, giving us, um, you know, being willing to or being comfortable sitting down and working this stuff out and not, you know, six months goes by and, you know, oh, we better do that. Well, no, we've got to get in and do it and find find employees or find time or get efficiencies so you, we can, um, you know, productively get in and do that and not just say we're going to do it and get busy, which yeah. we're still guilty of. <laughs> There's plenty of work to do there still. But, yeah, the mindset, just allowing ourselves to, well, dream big, I suppose, yeah, without feeling like we're being arrogant or, you yeah. know, pumping ourselves up, yeah. Yeah, most people massively underestimate what they can achieve in 10 or 20 years, but ridiculously overestimate what we can achieve in in one year. And I think you're right. If we stop and think about how much time we have ahead of us, there's nothing wrong with setting down big visions and big goals. And that can be the single thing that can really you know, drive us to make more bolder and more courageous decisions and more meaningful plans. James, um, Two more questions, if I could. What are you most proud of about the progress that you've made so far? First question. And second one is, what parts of the program do you find most useful or have you enjoyed the most? Um, the, the pride, I think, has come from getting alignment, you know, with Kylie and I and, and how we've um, sort of embraced the 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 um the strategic side of it um and that's all talk at the moment we've got to make it into action but i think um yeah and we've done it in a way that's brought with it my parents and hopefully our employees too so i think we're all yeah i'm proud that we can we can sort of we haven't we probably haven't broken any records in how quickly we're you know bringing new systems in and different things but i think that culture's seeping in or or more than seeping in. So I think hopefully we're sort of at the cusp of a big uplift. Um, yeah, so I'm proud of probably staying strong and not just lapsing back into the old habits of just getting out and getting out at daylight and getting into it. Um, so, yeah, we, we, need, we need tuning up, which we get every month with Hayley. So that's that, I think, the, what was the second thing? The thing that you... We we get yeah, the, the, the parts of the program that support you most or that you find most valuable. Well, I think definitely the resources um, and the accountability, and that that was the first thing we signed up for was the accountability. Um, being a small family farm, it's hard to be accountable to your family. Well, we find um, so having a coach, having a group, having the wider. FOA team um, and and bringing in the resources that and and the knowledge and the and prob just the attitude of everyone. Um, so they're they're the things that you know you it's invaluable. So yeah, that's definitely the the um, yeah huge plus for us and and it's just up to us to try and you know contribute and help others, but also you know use those resources while they're available. Thanks, James. Um, speed kills is a concept that I love that often we think we've got to grow our business quickly, but, you know, we can grow them too fast. And uh, similar to Simone's comment, I think, James, um, this is about doing things steadily and predictably and well and making meaningful change on change over time. So I know, and just to all of you, um, I reached out to our coaching team and asked them, you know, who are the standouts in their group's that they reckon would be great to have on this podcast. And you're here for a reason, guys. All the coaches just rate the contribution that you're making to others and the way in which you're applying the principles. So, you know, James Haley says that you're an absolute start at a standout in her group. And, um, you know, mate, that's something to be proud of. Well, thank you. Luke, coming to you, if I could. Um, Luke, if I could, similar question. You know, what are the things that you've most valued and implemented strongly with Betty Lou since joining the Platinum Mastermind program? Uh, it's been a lot for us, uh, Hutch. Um, 
just the structures and the accountability and um, just being around people that might like-minded, you know. So um, I guess uh, we've the first year we took on probably way too much of what we learnt and uh, this second year we're just starting to put it all together and um, things are starting to even out now and uh, starting to really build on what we've learnt in the first 12 months and uh, making things work. So um, a lot of uh, org- organisational charts and um, structures and bits and pieces, mainly between Betty Lou and myself first. We did try and uh, involve too much of the team probably at the start. Um, but I found, yeah, just between the two of us, it's made things a lot more clear and uh, the clarity we got between ourselves and where we're going and what we want to do um, has been a huge part of the program that we've uh, taken on board, mate. That's great, mate. What is it like to have real accountability? James spoke to that as well. How's that supported you to actually implement strongly? Uh, I guess it's just made us get on with what we should be doing or... Um, and if we've got to make a decision, we uh, work through the tools that we've been taught and um, this means that we get on. It doesn't get pushed aside, especially when you've got um, Betty Lee in the office and as your wife, um, nothing gets pushed aside. So, um, yeah, it's, it's made us both accountable for each other, mate, and, um, you know, having our mastermind group and uh, coach and whatnot, we've been lucky to have two coaches that both extremely uh, great, mate. So it, it was good, mate. So yeah, it has it's made a huge difference to us and our business, mate. It's only just really starting to click in now, are they, mate? So two years into the program, mate. So, so um, how, how has the business and team changed? What's your reflection on what's different now to two years ago, Luke? Um, two years ago, I guess we were probably at a crossroad, or not at a crossroad, but um, just unsure where to go and what to do, and probably at an age with uh, very young children and um, just by sitting down and uh, setting out our cap and probably the idea, some of my big ideas and big dreams I have uh, probably aren't that unrealistic once we start getting things put together and realising we can probably achieve that in the next 10 years, not not in a lifetime. So, um, yeah, from where we were to where we are now, mate, um, it's just we're a lot clearer on what we're doing and what we are doing and um, understand that having too many fingers in the park and end up burning too many fingers too and we're just um, concentrating on what makes money and uh, efficiencies and scale and getting our team together um, and, yeah, saying so we've got a couple of full-timers now and a couple of full-time casual staff and uh, something, I've, something I've enjoyed is building the team and culture and, trying to push some of our learnings onto them as well, mate. So, yeah, it's forever revolving, evolving, mate. I, I see that, Luke. I get the impression that the business was heavily dependent on you two years ago and that you were working huge hours, mate. Um, you have invested heavily in team and, you know, we get to see how much you're, you grow as a leader as you sort of impart what you're learning onto that new team. Um, how, how dependent was the business on you? two or three years ago, and how's that changed? Uh, it was hugely dependent on me, mate. It was probably 90%, 99% dependent on me, mate, and uh, <clears throat> was doing huge hours and um, every, every problem did come to me and um, we've probably just changed that around a bit. I've found a bit more time. That's the thing. That's half the reason we joined with uh, young kids is to try and figure out how to slow that stuff down. Um, still depends on me a lot, but... Um, I probably a lot of my mindset's change where I let some days just unfold and I know there's going to be problems, but I'd rather see what problems unfold so we can learn from them and uh, see the team, how the team handles that versus probably me trying to stop all the problems from happening all the time. And um, that's uh, been something I've learned and the team learns from that and um, the business is just, yeah, we've got more people and I just, I've learned how to put structures and systems in and understand that even someone beside me can't work the hours that I work, so I shouldn't expect that, you know. There's um, it's more important things than uh, getting the grain off every day or getting the grain in the ground every day, mate. So, um, yeah. Well, the fact you're on this call in the middle of harvest, mate, just says that um, there's something working, isn't there, that um, that you can have some time for this while uh, while the harvest is unfolding? Yeah, we're, yeah, very fortunate, mate. We do have uh, a great team, mate, and uh, family around us at the moment, and, um, as I said, I had a decisive blow a tyre just at the right time too, mate. So, 
But, uh, but yeah, you know, in, in reflection, um, you know, Betty Lou and I drive over to the June deep dive, you know, from Western Australia to Melbourne, you know, then um, through South Australia, up to New South Wales and back and seen a few people and um, no, just to be able to do that, we're still seeding, you know, and um, just time away from the farm for two weeks, just the two of us and uh, the little baby and, um, you know, that, that got us very clear on what was important to us and uh, where we were at with our journey and, uh, we, you know, we're but it's still a long way to go, like the others as well, you know. So, um, but yeah, I can see it all starting to click together, which is it's just great, mate. And um, yeah, probably great for Bela and the kids more than it is for me, mate. That's uh, yeah. What are some of your goals now that you, know, you do have big goals and you're a very driven character? What are some of the goals that you have, and how much more confident are you in in their achievement? Uh, yeah, a lot more confident in it now. For the fact that I can see that I don't have to do all the big hours myself. Um, probably before I couldn't see how to build the business to where I want to build it without having two or three or four or five of me. Um, whereas I know I'm a lot more confident now we can get a team around us once we uh, keep building our way through this, mate. So, um, and yeah, I guess it's just about getting that uh, our business to that point. So for the same reason, you know, four little kids are, I don't care if they want to grow grain or beef or hay or um, run an office, but it would just uh, hopefully provide for them and um, provide for generation above us and hopefully a few generations below us is my idea, trying to um, build a business big enough that it will leave a legacy mate, for a long time. So the fact that uh, now we can see how to do that uh, long term, um, it's not going to happen overnight, but, yeah, I've still uh, got a fair few years left in my blood to get this job done too, so... That's great, mate. And one thing we haven't touched on with you or others is the sort of the, the decision support tools and the benchmarks that are on offer. Um, how have they helped you be more decisive and, and make clear decisions, Luke? Uh, hugely, Hutch. Um, probably even still, still today, I still want to buy a bulldozer and that doesn't add up with any of the benchmarks. But, um, Lisa, when we... Um, you know, to make decisions, like we actually sit down and work them out, use a toolbox that we got with FOA. Um, you know, we do have a bit of an idea on when to change machines over and how to expand and all that type of stuff. Um, but we're a lot more clearer on how to do it. And um, we, yeah, we've always budgeted and uh, updated every month anyway, but it's just they're all the tools that we learned and how we've, I don't know, we've learned how to uh, make those decisions clearer mate and uh, more professional so just on gut feeling all the time and um, hoping for the best and you know the seasons are up and down no matter what mate so um, you know we can't do anything about that it's about running the business uh, to the best of our ability through those ups and downs and that's how we uh, kind of look at it now so yeah it's awesome Luke thank you and you mentioned the strength in surrounding yourself in to the growth oriented like-minded people how significant has been at our deep dives with you know two two or three hundred other you know entrepreneurial farmers all sort of pursuing the same construct of building out their freedom farm and then visiting them on your tour to the east coast and back how important has that been um to have access to that mastermind and that community perhaps compared to where you were three or four years ago Oh, it's it's huge to me, Hutch. Is it uh, probably exactly what I was looking for all, a few years ago? So I got to a point where um, kind of ran out of mentors, and I was at that age where I was looking for a few mentors and uh, directions. And so um, it's probably been the biggest thing for myself uh, personally, and it's um, you know, helped push me into my CEO role, which is probably something I still don't sit comfortable with. But um, I understand that's who I am a part of this business and going to these deep dives and uh, catching up with people is just it's instrumental to who I've become and who I'm trying to become. And, um, you know, these deep dives are just, they're unreal, mate. There's the people in the room and the vibe. And um, the questions you get asked too, which is you know, one good thing, like you can't duck and weave around some of the questions, which is uh, which is great, mate. So, um, and just, yeah, the different ideas and we're very fortunate. It's a, it's a great group that you put together, mate. And, um, some of the smartest people I've ever been around, I reckon, mate. It's, it's been, yeah, can't uh, say enough of it, mate. So, yeah, I agree. I agree, mate. I feel just so privileged to be part of that community as well, like to get 
300 farmers all as motivated and as driven and as focused supporting each other. Um, often in business, we try and go it alone, don't we? We try and, or we think that we're trying to having to go it alone, but there is so much benefit in tapping into the wisdom of a community like that that we've um, you know, we've arrived into. It's it's a real privilege, isn't it? It sure is, mate. And you know, there's you know, there's little things every day that might not make sense or something, and it's just it's great to be able to grab hold of the phone, mate, and send a text off or give someone a ring that's been through it before, or you know, been through the program and their alumni is now, and they um, they've got things set up, you know, and just help us figure out where we're at and uh, how we are trying to get to and you're definitely never alone and um yeah there's always someone that's done something different or yeah it's just it's it's unreal Hutch. that's great luke thanks for your time mate that's excellent thanks luke. luke and danielle coming to you thank you for your patience thank you hutch great to be here luke um perhaps to kick off with you how do you reflect on your journey in platinum mastermind and you know, what are you most proud of um yeah so we, um, you know, from reflection, we we didn't really, we probably signed up mainly for the benchmarking side, to be honest. Um, so last year, which was year one, just got cracking into that um, and got three benchmarkings done in the first year and a bit. And then um, after putting our cap together and going to the February deep dive, we've probably had um things open up on the other side to farming which um i didn't really think would or had never really contemplated i suppose um for the mindset side and and that sort of thing so um yeah that's been really good um obviously we got the benchmarking done and got some numbers back and um you were able to make some changes um and focus on things that are doing well and make some changes and yeah sort of focus on those sorts of things yeah and so th through the benchmarking what are some of the key insights to come from that that was something you were really keen on getting access to was it all that you hoped for and did you get the insights that you were looking for through that process Luke? oh and some i was getting i was getting so we we're getting some numbers back i didn't know existed um so it was really good um and i guess we can start to track some trends once we get a few together so um yeah it's, it's been really good um start to yeah i guess instead of just going off gut which is what you know we'd always done um so those that side of it um yeah has been like really good yeah is your financial skill set stronger luke um through that process and and through the financial training, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, because yeah, we we sort of we sort of see ourselves as being in a growth phase. So um, so you know, it sort of needs to add up for us. We can't make too many mistakes. So um, trying to make sure it's everything's done thoroughly. Um, yeah, and that's where the toolbox. Now that we've got some benchmarks together, we're able to use the toolbox with some confidence with the, the lease or, or purchase expansion calculators and machinery calculators and things like that. Yeah, it's been great. Oh, that's excellent. And you mentioned you went to the February deep dive and opened up a whole lot of off-farm or, or non-farm components. What do you mean by that? What were some of the, the key things to come from? That, that whole two-day deep dive was around mindset um, and getting clarity and, and looking at ways to – to grow and improve personally and professionally. What were some of your key insights there, Luke, that, that you've taken away? Um, mate, like, I guess be careful what you wish for with the law of attraction <laughs> because, um, yeah, we had our BHAG set and um, through, uh, through um, sort of just focusing on that, it had opportunities popping up everywhere all of a sudden, um, which... I guess we had not seen them prior. So um, that was probably the main thing. And also just um, when you stay above the line, you're not, you're, um, you're a lot more creative as opposed to being a, a victim sometimes, I suppose. Yeah. That's great, Luke. Is there an interesting what we don't see when we're not open and, and perhaps when we're, you know, in the trenches and 
and not open to things like the law of attraction. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. That, was, that, that deep dive was um, great, actually. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thanks, Luke. Daniel, what about for you? How do you reflect on your journey with FOA so far? Um, reflecting back, pretty proud of what we've achieved. Uh, as Luke was saying, we came into it wanting wanting to get better with the numbers, wanting to know the benchmarking, um, which we did get stuck into. But prior to joining Platinum Mastermind, we weren't, well, we did, we weren't doing cash flows. We weren't, we weren't keeping on top of anything really. So a lot of it was just gut and based on where we're at right there and right then at that moment, um, which don't necessarily make the best decisions. So since joining, like we're, we're running a three-year cash flow and just, just keeping on top of everything and just being able to forecast a bit better and make better decisions. And what about for you personally, Danielle? Um, prior to FOA, probably was very much Luke just just doing everything, and I was a bookkeeper. Well, I'm a bookkeeper. I was doing bills. I was entering. I was reconciling. But since joining and doing the clarity action and just just aligning our goals and setting goals and sticking to them and the accountability, we're much everything is just so much clearer and we know what we want and we know what we both want together to be able to work towards it. So how's, how's your role and relationship with the business changed, Danielle? Um, probably just more active in the finance side rather than, than just doing what needs to be done to get a BAS statement out and just knowing all that. Um, Luke's still mainly the big decision maker, but just, yeah, it's it's just knowing what needs to be done, I guess. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. Luke, how's the business changed in addition to what you've described around your own or your both your sort of personal journey and the financials? How's the business changed over that time? Um, it's well, all this is we're still very early. I mean, I, I got to I can see within three to five years, I think we'll be, um, we'll nearly we'll probably be to where somewhere where we want to be. Um, so we're very early in in that journey, that side of it. We're probably only 12 months in, really. So, yes. um, so we're still just setting some foundations, you know. Um, so yeah, we're. I guess we'd like to be able to still to grow. Um, so I guess knowing through having, um, yeah, through doing our cap and things like that and having our meetings that that we're setting some foundations so that when we do um, snap up our chance that, that we'll make it work as opposed to hoping it'll work. Yep. If that makes sense. Yep. Um. We've touched on a few things in this, the accountability, having a coach, um, being held accountable by a mastermind group, the deep dives, the benchmarks. What part of the whole broader program, Danielle and Luke, do you both find sort of more valuable than perhaps you thought they might be when you started? Um, the accountability that um, a mastermind group brings, um, that's... Um, yeah, I guess I'm a bit of a procrastinator. So having the um having a group there helping you know, when you make a decision, you stick to it instead of not following it following it through sometimes. That's that's probably been one main thing as well as clarity around decisions um being made. Probably through um yeah, just being positive all the time. Perfect Luke, Danielle for you. Um, the friendships, to be honest, like the the people I've met that are not even necessarily in our immediate mastermind group, um, that you're just going to keep forever, and you've you've got you've got people everywhere that you can reach out to for help with anything, bookwork, farming, mindset. Like there is there is nothing that's out of reach within this. Yeah, wonderful. 
Thank you. I get excited for my kids who, you know, I think Simon, uh, Michael, sorry, you mentioned that you've got one jack of rowing. I just think, gosh, when our kids get to the age where we can put our hand up and say who wants a worker, um, imagine what opportunity our kids get to have through this community as well. But, yeah, the friendships and um, you know, just the quality of the characters that are across this community nationally now, Danielle, it is quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Luke and Danielle, when you look at some of the alumni that have been in the program and, and working on their business like you are for, for five or six or seven years now, um, how does that make you feel about what's possible for you and for your business? Oh, that's that's where we want to be. Um, you know, you sort of look at yeah what they've done and, and obviously they've done the foundation work um, through the platinum side and then they get, you know, created the habits that need to be created to be successful um with you know without you having a been successful right through your life not just in one aspect so um that's probably the main thing i notice in in the alumni group is they're not just successful at work it's also life and family so yeah yeah it's probably worth acknowledging just you know, how challenging it is to run a small business in agriculture with our partners and and with our families. Um, there's a lot going on, isn't there? So, as you say, to see some of those alumni members that have scaled significantly and and have the balance and are getting the other and more holistic characteristics of what it is to navigate business right is pretty inspiring, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because there's no point there's no point growing if you're not going to spend time at home with your family or or vice versa, if you want to, if you want to keep growing. So, um, yeah, it's sort of it's all got to work, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Daniel, what about for you when you look at what some of the alumni that have been part of this process for six or seven years are achieving? How does that sort of make you feel? Um, I sort of I think about it from our point of view that like one day we're going to be there, which I think is in about eighteen months. We're halfway through our journey in the Platinum Mastermind, but I I think uh, there's just so much to achieve um, that even once you're done, you're still growing and there's still more you're always learning. So I see all these alumni people and they keep coming to the deep dives because they love them and they love the atmosphere it brings and and what you can take home from them. Um, I, I just think it's never-ending, to be honest. Well, I think it is. I think this this personal and professional development journey is never ending. I've had a coach and um, for 15 years now and um, there's one course that I've been to eight times and I just keep going back similarly um, as so many of us do to the deep dives because you just get those same lessons at a deeper level, don't you, every time you, you keep turning up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you, like sometimes you might be hearing the same message but depending on where you're at on your journey and, and what you've achieved like that, that message might just sink in just a little bit different to gain just a little bit more to take home with thanks danielle just to do a quick whip around michael and simone just based on what you're hearing from everyone what, what's coming up for you and what's your sort of next round of reflection i think um i've loved listening to everybody on this podcast it's it is it's just a I don't know, I suppose it's a reflection and we're all in the same sort of mindset and we're all on the same journey and we're probably all in very similar sort of places but we're um we've just sort of got our own take on it um but it's yeah it's it I think it's exciting to sit and talk to to everyone here yeah, it's pretty incredible to hear just just his four of our members and just listen to the amount of achievement and the amount of improvement and the amount of learning and growth that is going on. It is it is quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Michael, for you? Probably setting goals. And that's probably one thing that everyone's mentioned today is probably the one thing that I've really gleaned from farm owners is about setting goals and then being held accountable and having a process of, of achieving them. And knowing that, you know, no goal is unrealistic, like, you know, the glass ceiling that Tracy talks about when you get a bit of mentoring from her is that we probably all tend to set the, the ceiling a little low. So we can sort of set our goals and our aspirations quite high 
And I think we're all gaining confidence as we grow um, and having the network that farm owners offers as a support uh, of achieving those goals. So like we're about to complete our three-year platinum mastermind and move into alumni and we'll probably look at resetting a few of our goals now, knowing that we're a little bit more confident that we've got a good network, that we back ourselves and we've got the systems uh, to support our decision-making. So. That's great, Michael. Simone, thank you. James, for you? Um, yeah, I was thinking about the next step for us is it's definitely action. Like we've, we've worked hard behind the scenes and now it's time to start putting the systems into place and, and, and um, filtering that, the, basically the, the cap and the, the goals out to the, to the, you know, the whole team and, and just, yeah, bring in a system and get it as a habit and then do the next one and then, get our benchmarking and um, yeah, feel a bit guilty hearing the others with their benchmarking. So yeah, I've dropped the ball a bit there. So yeah, it's just get, get the figures and and then start making some decisions and, and acting on it. So it's, yeah, it's really exciting to do it with, with support, but also, you know, we feel like we're at a good point to start, you know, backing ourselves. James, just on, just on that, how, how hard would it be, to do this on your own and outside of a mastermind group, how much more streamlined and easy or simple might it be to do all that you've just described within a mastermind like the Platinum Mastermind? Well, I don't think personally I'm a procrastinator as well and I I just find other stuff to do, so there's no way I could do any of this without it. So, And especially having Kylie and I together doing it, having her... She's not involved hugely in in much below the strategy, but just having the two of us on the same page, it's it's massive. Um, so without the mastermind, I don't think we'd. Well, I'm, I'm sure we. There's no way we could do it. Uh, some people probably can, but we we definitely couldn't. That's great, James. Luke, for you, what's your sort of reflection listening to the achievement within this group? Yeah, I was just thinking, Hutch, um, we're all on the same journey but at different stages in life and with our businesses and I think that's like a great thing with the whole community. Um, we all just bounce ideas off and uh, as Danielle said before, even with the deep dives, people keep them coming back and it just depends on where you are. You get a different buddy story every time and you take a different bit of information in, you know. So it's, um, in yeah, that's what I was just thinking yeah, in reflection and, um uh, it's just, it's a continual growth, mate. So, and same thing. I, I, there's no way I could do it without B Loan. It's such a great thing to be doing together. I, I originally did sign up for Farm Owners just for myself, and then uh, realised about two weeks into it, it was just uh, I had to bring her along. And it. it's, it's the, the difference in her as well. It's just it's uh, it's unbelievable, right? So, um, it's such a great thing. Yeah, I think I've said this before, Luke, that it would be easy to go off and do an MBA or a business degree, you know, on my own and by myself and then come back and try and inspire everyone to come along for a, a ride. But there's just so much power, isn't there, in teaming up with your life partner and even the older generation or your brother and whoever, sister or whoever else is involved in the business and, and going through this growth journey together. How, how important is that compared to perhaps that alternative? Uh, it's, yeah, hugely important. And um you know, it was something we've just both done together. We've both grown through the process and both uh, excelled in different areas. And it's been quite interesting seeing uh, where we've probably both changed in the last two years and uh, the bits that we've both taken out of the program and used that to excel. And, um, you know, we've said to the son, it'd be great for our kids to go through it, you know, maybe in, whenever it is their time in 20 years or something. But I could see the benefit for larger families like, we all got different ideas and dreams and aspirations and in amongst one family, you know, and then how they pull them all together and then try and work in one direction, you know, it's uh, such a strong thing, you know. So, yeah. yeah. What, what a great thing to think about is is getting our next generation involved in something like this. Yeah, for sure, mate. So, you know, here we are trying to run farming businesses and become more professional about our uh, you know, I think 90% of what Betty Lou's learned through farm owners, she's uh, already brainwashing the kids with, you know. So <laughs> just about 
staying above the line and looking at things different and uh, structures and, um, yeah, things like that, mate. So our old chart involves our kids uh, doing their jobs properly too. So. Oh, that's awesome, Luke. So just on that, how does that make you feel when you see Betty Lou and, and yourself obviously teaching your kids what you're learning? Uh, extremely proud, mate. So, yeah, so we've all... Um, yeah, been brought up and just everything's different, I guess. But it's just, yeah, it, it, just to rub it off onto them and even onto our team and uh, friends around the place. It's just, uh, yeah, it's such a positive group to be a part of and what we've learned about our mindset and how we see things and see difficulties and problems. It's just, uh, yeah, it's changed everything, mate. So um, it's made it, it made the place a whole lot better, that's for sure. That's great, Luke. Thank you. Danielle, any um any further reflection based on what you've heard from from others? Um well just sitting here listening to this today, I was actually starting to get a bit worried when it was going to get to my turn as to what I was going to say because everyone that has spoken before us today, it's just it's familiar. It's it's all just a similar story, just saying it slightly different. And it's good to have those people around to bounce off of. Mm, thank you. Luke? Um, yeah, so um, it, exactly right. It seems as though, you know, it's a very, very familiar journey that um, that we're all able to, um, I guess, help each other or, you know, we can always reach out, which is, which is, um, which is comforting, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I guess sky's the limit. Yeah. Awesome. When you've got the right people around you, it can be, can't it? Absolutely. So guys, just, just one more question for each of you, if I could, um, for our podcast listeners interested in, I guess, learning more about and, and making a start, um, with FOA, it normally starts with the two day top producers event. Um, and so just for those who know of us and who are thinking about making a start with FOA in the new year, I'm just keen to do a quick whip around again if I could and just get your thoughts on the impact that those two days in particular had on you and, and your business. So Luke and Danielle, could I start with you? How, how was the two-day top producers event for you um, and perhaps what would you say to people thinking about that? Well, that sort of scratches the surface a bit. You know, there's, there was, um, yeah, it's really an eye-opener. Um, we we had, didn't really understand as much as what we thought we could, to be honest. So um, get in and do it is probably my advice um, and you won't regret it. Thanks, Luke. Danielle? Um. I was dragged to that event. I wasn't overly keen to do it. I think mainly from a confidence, personal confidence perspective. But but I think by the end of the two days, um, with what we learned just in that time frame, I was the one that was saying, "Yep, yeah, let's do this. We need to do this. There's there's nothing about this doesn't make sense not to do it." So yeah, again, just just get in and do it. It's it changes so much. Thank you, Daniel. Luke Hayden, what would you say about the two-day top producers? Uh, yeah, it's, it was great. And I think, um, as I said, we were looking for something at the stage. And um, even with, as Daniel said, even self-confidence, I was unsure and didn't know whether it's the right thing to do or not. Um, you know, and rolled into the room and using Simone, probably the first two people I met. And I knew once I was there, that was where I was meant to be, mate. So I just think... Uh, any thoughts at all, you know, just go jump in and um, give it a crack and just lean into it and uh, I think you'd be surprised, mate. So, yeah, it's unreal. Thanks, Luke. James, for you? Yeah, probably very similar. I, I, um, I'd done a bit of homework prior to the top producers and basically I was ready to go there and be ready to be sold to get into this platinum mastermind and fork out all this money. And I was, I was being probably a bit sceptical, thinking that it was a marketing type, you know, thing. You go up the chain, you, you know, get sucked in. But, you know, I suppose I did. But I think 
we wouldn't change it. And especially having Kylie there, having she was the one who really said, no, we've got to get into it, exactly like Danielle said. So in terms of a holistic thing, you know, I was sort of more coming from a production and business side, getting figures and systems and all that, whereas she would, oh, no, we both were. We both realised it's way more than that. So, yeah, no, I, I'm um, yeah, convinced now. Oh, I already am. So, yeah, well, <laughs> get into it now and have an open mind, which maybe I didn't. Oh, I did. Yeah. I think you did, James. Yeah. I think it's human nature and it's perfectly natural to be sceptical. And, you know, to our listeners, this might sound a bit like an unashamed plug that we're getting these guys yeah. to reflect on their journey. But please understand it's only because we are deeply passionate about the results that we see our community getting. Um, and to share those with everyone listening and um, and just to hear about how this program is impacting families across the region, across the country, like these four. Um, that's why at times we unashamedly promote what we do. Um, thank you. Michael and Simone, what would your comment be on that first step in the FOA journey being that two-day top producers? It was an absolute clincher for us. Um, we probably didn't really know what to expect. I thought Michael just thought I was well, going away for a nice weekend in Adelaide or whatever, but... <laughs> We turned up and the power in the room and just to all of a sudden wake up and realise there are other people that want to think the same way that you want to think and how you want to be, um, very powerful. And, and yeah, like whoever just said before, it was the tip of the iceberg. That was just the scratch and the everything else flowed beneath it. Um, and we were we actually felt very grateful that, you know, we were accepted as you know, perhaps being ready to, to come on the journey. So, um, yeah, that's my take. Michael? I laughed when Danielle said she was sort of dragged along. And, I, I look, I wasn't dragged along, but it wasn't my idea or concept. But I was quite apprehensive. I didn't know if I wanted to talk about my business and the challenges we're having and, you know, all the bits and pieces that were missing from our business. And then you sit in a room with a collective of people and realise that we all you know, we're all very like-minded. We're all driven by the same passion, but we all have the same challenges and we've all got these growing pains or different components in our business that are weak and we just need to build capacity. So it was so reassuring to know that the challenges we were having, were, there, there were a lot of people out there suffering a similar fate and they just, you know, we just needed the support and the mechanisms uh, to put around us to, to sort of find some solutions for the problems we are having. So... Um, that's the, the two days in Adelaide was just sort of a real revelation and we found it quite draining. I remember driving home and we had to pull up and just take a break because we just found the two days so exhausting with all the information and the, the emotions that it stirred up and gave us such a level of comfort knowing that, yep, we're on a journey, we've got some challenges, but shit, we're going to make this. It's going to really work out. Thanks, Michael. So to all of you and, and also James to Kylie and, and Luke to Betty Lou, um, thank you guys for your contribution to our community. Thank you for putting your hand up um, to be part of this podcast and thank you for sharing your FOA journey from where you were one, two, three years ago to where you are, what you're most proud of and what parts of this program you found most valuable. Um, it is a really busy time of year for all of us, so I'm really grateful that you would make the time just to share your story and um, and to yeah be part of this podcast. So Luke and Danielle, Luke and Betty Lou, James and Kylie, Michael and Safone, thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Thank, thank you, Hutch. Thank you, Hutch. And so there you have it, guys. Um, four really significant Platinum Mastermind stories. Those four families are all on their three-year journey with us, um, Michael and Simone approaching graduation and then rolling into our alumni. Um, it gives me real pleasure to share and touch on their stories and please know that it's not us promoting ourselves, it's just that we are so deeply proud of the hundreds of stories of personal development and business growth that our Platinum Mastermind members consistently achieve. Um, best that you hear that from them. And for those of you listening as loyal followers to our podcast, Profitable Farmer, um, if you are interested 
in tracking with FOA in 2023. We would love to see you part of our two-day Top Producers event. Um, it is an incredible two days. It fills out quickly. We'll certainly be doing those in February and in June. So jump on our website and have a look and get involved in the FOA Top Two-Day Top Producers Program. And hopefully 2023 can be the year where you make the decision to lean in to our community and get the support that you need to truly set down the foundations for growth and to take your business to the next level. For now, make the most of Harvest um, as challenging for many as it has been. Um, enjoy the finish to this crazy season. Um, have a great Christmas. And in finishing, we are closing the FOA office for a couple of weeks. And so there won't be a podcast in two weeks or four weeks' time. And we'll look forward to re-engaging with you on our next podcast on the 15th of January, 2023. Thanks again to the Hughes, the Armstrongs, the Haydens, and the Wheezies. Just wonderful to hear your stories, guys. Thank you, everyone. Happy Christmas. Take care and bye for now. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Profitable Farmer podcast by Farm Owners Academy. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a long-time listener, let your friends know about us or come continue the conversation in the Profitable Farmer Facebook group. All the best as you grow your business and create your freedom farm. Until next time, keep being incredible.